Hey, you know, bacon fat rules and all, but just because I'm a big-time TV chef doesn't mean I've got it all figured out with the ladies, you know what I mean? But oh yeah, baby, let me tell you, since I started listening to Scott and Emily, I've really kicked it up a notch. Now I know the essence of what it means to deserve what I want. Bam! So don't touch that dial. Okay, my love. Now that we're married, I think it's time we divvy up the chores. Now I was thinking, it's a man's job to do the trash. Oh no, you can't pull that on me. You need to mix in a trash can or two yourself <sighs> around here, girly. Well, what, trash what? being a man's job. What a crock. Wait a minute. You didn't let me finish. I was saying that you should do the trash and I can do the bathrooms. So you're saying I take out the trash and I never have to clean a single toilet around here? Well, yeah. I mean... Okay, so cool. I'm good. Live from the mysterious, mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast, with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Boys, boys, boys. Girls, girls, girls. <laughs> Whoever you are, welcome to a new edition of X and Y on the Fly. This is episode number 22. My name is Scott McKay and I'm your host. And I'm Emily McKay. And you're also our host. That's right. And what a great topic we have today, Emily. We're going to kind of move away from the dating part of it and talk a little bit more about the relationship aspect of it. Right, because that's important if you want to get to the right relationship you want. Yeah, so we're going to talk about how do you stay together for the long haul? How do you make it work over a period of years, and maybe years and years? There's people out there 50, 75 years of marriage, if fortunate enough to live that long. And we want to kind of lay out a framework for you, break it all down on how best to find the right person and have that relationship be strong for so many years. That's right. And, you know, it's it's not uncommon for people to talk about this particular subject, but I think it is uncommon for people to talk about this subject in terms of getting it right before you're actually stuck in the wrong relationship. Yes, or if you're in a relationship, how to make it work if it's not working. And let me tell you, we've got an outstanding interview for you today with one of the world experts on stopping a divorce from happening. I've listened to this interview, and it's really fantastic. Yeah, a lot of different stuff there, so we'll be excited about that. But, man, we've been so busy around here. We know it's been a couple weeks since we put a podcast out for you. Emily and I have been running nonstop. Things are going great guns around here at XMY Communications, building some great relationships. Oh, yes. A couple weeks ago, we started doing articles over at thirdage.com. And we know that some of you who are starting to listen to this podcast now are coming from there. And so we appreciate all of you. And uh, who knew that we would have such an audience with the baby boomer crowd? Right. Yeah, I know. But it's great. Uh, lots of baby boomers are dating again, and we're glad to have you here. Ironically enough, the MySpace is going very, very well. And so we're reaching the younger people and the older people. And you know why I think that is? Because we're all the same. Well, we're all the same. And also because we just tell it the way it is how to be successful with members of the opposite sex. And like you said, Emily, we're all the same. Yeah, we're all looking for happiness. Right. So with that in mind, we also thank you for listening to this podcast. Wow, we're now on page two worldwide of iTunes. I know that's awesome. That's oh, an yeah. accomplishment. 
I mean, so we're right up there with some of the biggest podcasts that everybody's heard of, and it's all because you're listening to us and subscribing to us, so we can't thank all of you enough. Power Sessions for Men and Power Sessions for Women are now both out. Yes. And I've listened to your new one, Emily, and it's absolutely fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. If you want to know where the deepest game we have is, that's where you'll find it. Power Sessions, the monthly series where we talk about the most crucial aspects pertaining to men and women and how they relate to each other. So let's get on with today's program. That's right. You know, Emily, what we're talking about here again is having a relationship work long term. And I think the critical point in that is doing it early when you start dating. Do what early when you start dating? Start picking and choosing and knowing exactly what you want because when you're married... It's too late. Too late. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's when we start talking about the key concept that we talk about a lot around here, which is settling for the wrong person. So many marriages end, and that's because so many people settled thinking they could actually handle it. They settle because either they think that's all they can find. This person in front of me right now, man, I haven't been on a date for three years. So they're like little puppies who haven't been fed in a couple of days. As soon as they find someone who likes them, they marry them. Mm, how sad. Just wait a little longer and the right person comes along. I don't know. I think you've got to deserve what you want, which we talk about a lot around here. But unfortunately, a lot of people fail to raise the bar high enough. And they go, all right, well, this person kind of likes me and he or she treats me well. And it's time for me to get married. Oh, that's the great one, right? I'm getting to be 28, <laughs> 32. It's time for me to get married. Right. The, the time clock is ticking. The yeah. biological clock is ticking. So, you know, we've got the concept of settling. And so many people settle. And, you know, if you've, if you've settled for the wrong person, what are some of the things that are symptomatic of that later? You know, in the back of your mind, you're always going to be thinking, I could have done better. Oh, absolutely. Eventually, your partner is going to sense that because right. you're not going to have feelings for them anymore. And how sad that they're going to go, you don't love me. Yeah, you know, there's resentment building up there. So not only do you, you're always kind of looking outside because the grass is greener. Right, and you're always going to be comparing your partner to somebody else. Oh, that's another whole thing. Yeah, let's talk about that in a second, the whole concept of comparison and how that works. Right, but in the end, you're both going to be resentful because you don't love your partner, your partner senses it, and he or she's going to be resentful of that too. You're headed to a divorce lawyer sooner or later because there's no way if you settled for someone, you're going to be happy together. Your right. nose is always going to be pressed against the glass looking out saying, wow, I wish I'd done different. Right. And you know what's even most tragic of all about that? What's that? If you're in a committed relationship like that and you decide later, hey, I never knew how to deserve what I want. I was just in a mindset where I didn't believe in myself enough to wait for the person who was right for me. And all of a sudden later, you start getting your head around the kind of concepts we talk about in this podcast and our books and our programs mm, and you figure that out later you're and gonna then, feel trapped oh, you're gonna feel absolutely trapped and that's where the frustration and even the subtle passive aggressive things start happening in a relationship that make make it even more difficult to be in that relationship cause even more friction yes i can see that but you were talking about something incredibly profound and to me that is the concept of comparison Yes, comparing your partner to someone else. You know, honey, so-and-so cooks better than you or, you oh. know, you know, actually knows how to fix the electricity or whatever. Oh, isn't that just odious? I mean, there's nothing worse than hearing from your own spouse how someone else's spouse is better. Right. That's just degrading. Oh, that's the way to kill a relationship long term. If you're in a relationship where this sort of thing is happening, 
and you're the one perpetrating this sort of talk around your house, you are contributing to having an unhappy life, which may lead to divorce sooner or later. Right, exactly. You know, we're talking here about the whole concept of settling and the whole concept of making sure you're with the right person from the front end. So I think now would be an outstanding time to introduce our guest. That's right. Let's get started. Our guest today, I couldn't be happier and more privileged to have this guy with us today. I was able to interview a gentleman named Homer McDonald. Homer is considered one of the world experts at helping people get into a right relationship for the right reasons and also stopping divorces from happening. Eminent divorces, people who are in the middle of possibly being confronted with a divorce situation, call Homer from all over the world and he counsels them and you know he's stopped thousands of divorces during a 55-year career. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And he lives right here in San Antonio, so without any further ado, here's Homer McDonald. Hey, this is Scott, and I can't believe it. I'm here with one of the legends when it comes to stopping people from getting divorced. I'm here with Homer McDonald himself. Homer, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Now, Homer, how many years have you been doing this sort of thing? 55 years. 55 years. So when I was born, you know, I just hit the big 4-0. When I was born, you'd already been at this for 15 years, stopping people from getting divorced. That's right? Yes. So I guess you could be considered one of the world-class experts at this. You've got a book called Stop Your Divorce, correct? Yes, it's called Stop Your Divorce or Lover's Rejection. And I have another book coming out in a couple of months called Stop Your Breakup Now. So in other words, don't even have to worry about making the mistake of potentially getting married someday. You can help people figure out right now it's time to break up. Absolutely, absolutely. You have a couple ways that you know of to help people figure out right here and right now whether they're, they should be together long term or not. Is that correct? I think so, yes. You know, half of the marriages are divorcing. Right. And most of the others just don't have the courage or the money to get out. No kidding. No kidding. So you would say, and for the record, if you're saying this, I probably agree with you. Most marriages are not going so well right now. Putting importance on marriage uh, is an expression of low self-esteem. It's, it's believing that you can't achieve it without pressure, force, or duty. That the person cannot stay with you because they like to. They've got to be moralized into continuing it. And they begin to feel that it's a jail that they huh. want to break out of. Now, this jail has all kinds of ribbons all over it. It's camouflaged, you see. Right, okay. And nobody admits that it's a jail. Right. See? Velvet-covered bars, right? Right, right. Okay. At the beginning of a relationship, we have mutual admiration society. Both people are praising each other. Right. And nobody's really criticizing or complaining. And it's going great guns. It's wonderful. We're all on our best behavior. We're on our very best behavior. Exactly correct. Both people feel unconquered. Uh, for example, this woman is dating this man, and he is still not totally conquered by her. And he's 30 minutes late for a date. Right. Well, she's angry. But does she show it? No, because he's not conquered. He gives a half-assed apology. He says, I'm sorry I'm late. She says, that's okay. I know you're a busy man. She defends him. She takes up for him because he's unconquered. But after he becomes conquered, then if he's 10 minutes late, she gives him help. 
Yeah. I think that's commonly called being whipped. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right, okay. The mutual admiration society stage gradually evolves into the ownership stage. And so the person becomes like a wheelbarrow that you push. And they only got one wheel left. <laughs> the wheels have fallen off the cart and there's only one left. And the, happen and the happiness in the relationship goes downhill. Okay, so I think I hear what you're saying. And I've heard other people talk something similar. If people start possessing one another, then the whole nature of having a great symbiotic relationship where you have mutual respect is going to go away. Exactly correct. Your, your basic goal there was not, not to get married, but to have um, a happy and love relationship. Exactly. You see. You really, think, you really think that women are behind this whole concept of marriage and making men monogamous or... You know, I, I deal with a, a bunch of guys who I think want to get married as much as the stereotypical view of women wanting to catch a guy. What do you think about that? What's your What's your view on that? But here's what I think about the difference in the male and female psychology. Okay. There are many psychologists who are writing books about the differences in the male and female, like uh, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Right. Uh, now, those observations are valid. They're accurate. But they're not important. <laughs> I love it. How so? Tell, tell me more. Don't leave me hanging on this one. I love it. Because what the male and female have in common is so much more important. They both subconsciously want frustration and struggle. That's why they will latch on to somebody who can't love them, and they'll hang in there. Because now the conscious man wants gratification. Okay. But the subconscious wants frustration and struggle. Just because it gives you a little more adventure and something to do with your life, and it's just not as boring? This is covered in my book, Stop Your Divorce, under the heading of masochism. <laughs> uh, That's great. Keep going. Challenge is a face-saving thing, because it makes sense to do something that's a challenge. Right, but that's just the surface. But a guy who's hanging on to a wife that's not interested in him, he's out of love with him, that's not a challenge. That's stupidity. <laughs> so why do we do it, Homer? Okay. Neurotic, ego, pleasure. Of I have virtue. You don't. Oh. Cause it makes the ego feel as if I truly am better than this person because I control the moral high ground in this relationship. I control the moral high ground. Very well put. I had that's never put that that's incredibly there. profound. Yeah. I, I mean, the concept is fantastic. So you're saying that makes someone feel like they have the upper hand in a relationship because they control the moral high level, because they are the quote-unquote better person in their own mind in the relationship, then they can feel like they have some dysfunctional sense of control? It's in their fantasy. They're, they're struggling to control. They're fooling themselves. I guess the rationalization is that they deserve control, but they're not controlling anything. What you're calling controlling, I call a need to control. Ah. Yes, there is such a thing as that. Homer, what a blast. What a privilege to be able to talk to you this morning. I thank you so much for your time. Listen, if someone wanted to get their hands on that book of yours, and it's absolutely great, what's the best way for them to do that on the Internet? It's on the web just called uh, Stop Your Divorce or Lover's Rejection. Dot com? Dot com. StopYourDivorce.com. StopYourDivorce.com. Also, I have another book coming out okay. in two months. Stop Your Breakup Now. 
And as fortune would have it, you're right here in San Antonio. And this is actually a face-to-face interview for those of you who are listening on the podcast. And the date that we're recording this is late January, so you're thinking by the 1st of April you'll have that new book out. So if you're listening to this podcast after April 1st, that book's probably already out. Yes. And, Scott, it's been a great pleasure to meet you, and I hope we can have another interview in the very near future. An incredible pleasure to meet you, sir. Thanks again. Wow, what a fascinating interview. We thank Homer McDonald for spending that kind of time with us. You know, that was a 40-minute interview, and cutting out all the rest of the great information on that was just incredibly difficult. Homer went on to talk about some of the more deep reasons why human beings cause pain in each other's relationships, and it was just really, really fascinating. I absolutely recommend his book to anybody. If you're listening to this and you're in a situation where a breakup or even a divorce is imminent, drop everything and go to StopYourDivorce.com and get that book, and uh, I'm sure you'll be pleased. But, you know, one of the things that jumps out from the interview we had was how he talks about subconsciously we like pain. Women especially. That's what you get the expression drama queen. Right. You know, it's funny because, you know, you heard the surprise with which I said, Homer, why do we do this? But, man, you know, people go around life saying, oh, all I want is happiness. But it is so true. We go around sabotaging our own relationships because somewhere in our subconscious, like Homer said, we just crave this pain. I don't know. I think that's an unhealthy thing. Oh, I do too. But I think just simply acknowledging that it's there is incredibly valuable as you go through life realizing, hey, why am I sabotaging my own relationship? And and realizing that it's in there in every one of us. Well, in a lot of people. I don't think everybody. Well, I think it very much can be conquered. Yes, yes, absolutely. I I think there's people, yeah, with, with, uh, I don't know if it's a, a character issue or what you would call it. But I think if you can get your head around this kind of pain and why you're causing it in your you own relationship. You can put an end to it and actually create happiness and peace in your current relationship or your future relationship. The key being it's unconscious. As long as it's an unconscious reflex that you're showing, once you bring it to your conscious mind, all of a sudden the light's shining on it. Yeah, you can fix it. Yeah. Um, other things that Homer said were also equally profound. One of the things I loved was he said – it's totally different between a man and woman before they have conquered each other. Hmm, how sad. I <laughs> know, but it really does go on. I mean, at the beginning of a relationship, when people don't feel like they've completely roped the other one in or hooked the other one in. They're on their best behavior. Right, and then later, once they feel like... They're here to stay and they're not going anywhere. All of a sudden, the guard drops. You know, I have a word for that. What? I call that taking for granted one another. Right. I would call it just flat-out insincerity. Either way, when, when you fail to realize that the other person at any point can leave, you really never truly have control over somebody. You know, without mentioning any names, I know of at least one marriage. The dating process there lasted for a year, and within six to eight hours of the marriage ceremony, the woman was a completely different person. Oh, that's that's terrible. Yeah, but listening to what Homer has to say, you can almost see how it happens. I mean, there's even jokes about that, like the woman who loses all the weight, and then the first time that that she's married, she orders the Chateaubriand for two. Yeah, it's an old joke. But as soon as someone feels like they have that ownership or that possession of another person, that's when the Pandora's box opens in all kinds of troubles. Right, because when you're not being good to one another... That creates unhappiness on both parties, and it just it's a downward spiral. And I think that gets to the next point we're going to talk about, which is character and honesty. 
How can someone who lacks character, someone who is inherently dishonest, ever be part, one half, of a good relationship? It's impossible, isn't it, Emily? Yes, it is. It's impossible to have a good, happy relationship if one person lacks that character. And if I am the person who lacks character and I am inherently dishonest to the women who I am going out with, I'm never going to have a happy long-term relationship. Oh, no, never. It's impossible. I'm lying to myself, ultimately, if I believe I'm going to. Right. So, obviously, you know, you have to be the kind of person who is upfront with your partner. And yourself. And yourself. So that you inspire the confidence. And, of course, that's one of the big five things we talk about that's important for a man. One must inspire confidence in his partner. But it's equally true for women, isn't it? Oh, yes. Uh, not a doubt. I mean, one of the reasons we cite around here, and this is get your crayons out, as Steve the Dean Williams would say. One of the reasons we cite around here why men do not commit to women is after months. Is fear that they might change? Well, that is a good one. But I was going more in the direction of... The woman has no character. He doesn't know if she's going to cheat on him. She, she's out flirting with men. She's throwing too many tests at him about is he going to stick around if she starts you know, looking at other men or having male friends. And when women play games like that with men, men don't stick around. I mean, they may keep her around for sex. They may keep her around because she looks good on his arm when they go to parties or whatever. But no man in his right mind is going to marry a woman who lacks character. That is true. I have to agree with that. He wants to make sure that if he's going to be with someone long term, that he feels safe with her also. Men like to feel safe also, knowing that they have a great woman who's going to be good to him, who's going to be faithful, and who's going to stick around and promote peace and not nag. Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that brings us to another great point. If you're going to have a long-term relationship, and this is not an original concept. This actually came from my brother's wedding. When my brother got married four years ago, I happened to be going through my divorce. And during the sermon, the minister's message during my brother's ceremony, one of the things he cited was in order to have a good long-term relationship, couples need to expect the best of each other. In any given situation, I need to be confident enough in my spouse to say, okay, if she told me she's working late tonight, she's working late tonight. And, you know, the benefit to that is if you know your spouse believes in you that strongly, you're going to do what you can to live up to those expectations. Right. It goes both ways. Right. Which, which is funny because we always strive to live to someone's expectations. Do we? I think we do. Tell me more. <laughs> it's true with kids, too. Right. Whatever we expect of our children, they're going to try to live up to. And if we think the worst of them... They're not going to excel anything beyond that. Right. The so can, same true holds for our spouse. It can play on your self-esteem after a while. Yes. In other words, if my wife thinks I'm a dirt ball, chances are ultimately... I might as well be. Yeah, the whole law of attraction thing. Where your thoughts go, your life goes. I become what I am thinking about. If it's drilled into my brain all the time by my significant other, who I'm living my entire life with, that I'm no good, I'm going to start thinking I'm no good, and possibly, quite possibly, I may become no good. Interestingly, one of the people who I'm spending time with over the phone, a guy that I'm coaching, told me something I'd heard before, but because it's recent, it's coming to mind. Apparently, his last relationship, his girlfriend accused him of cheating all the time, even though he was being faithful. What he told me was, you know, sometimes I felt like I should just go out and cheat. You know, at least I would feel like I deserve the wrath I'm getting from my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. What an amazing commentary 
with regard to the point we're talking about right now. If my significant other is expecting the worst of me, and, you know, she's going to treat me like I'm cheating on her already, then why the heck don't I just go cheat on her? Right. Life's not, life's not going to be any worse, and at least I'll feel like I deserve it. Right, self-fulfilling. Right. I mean, there's nothing worse than being accused of a crime you did not commit and serving the time for it. You know what I mean? You I hear do. death row inmates, the DNA tests exonerate them, and they let them out of jail after 20 years. Can you imagine the pain of having been jailed for something you didn't do? How awful. People spend their marriages this way. Why? Because, because they think the worst of each other. They think the worst of each other, or their spouse is thinking the best of them. And thinking the best of oneself in the context of that kind of prison. I mean, you know, we talked about the velvet bars and the camouflage on our interview with Homer, but... It's true. If you're in that kind of prison, wow, sometimes it's readily apparent that you're being imprisoned. Oh, yes. Thinking the best of somebody may be difficult for someone to do. Oh, yeah. Especially if that's their habit and they don't think the best of themselves. Right. And if you're having these struggles, then, you know, we need to have a separate podcast on that very topic because that's very deep and very profound in itself, how we can actually instill trust in somebody else. Oh, yeah. Let's have a trust cast. All right. That sounds like fun. We'll have that one in a future episode. But all this talk about negativity drives home another point. You can't just fail to be negative, if that makes sense. Failure to be negative. <laughs> you must succeed at being positive. And what's, what's a great way we can do that? You know what? This would be humor and fun. Yeah, playfulness. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, I love that. Oh, yeah. We love to have pillow fights on Saturday mornings. <clears throat> <laughs> what are some of the ways that people can instill humor and playfulness into their relationship oh there could be a lot of different ways to do that you know just by saying something or you know just tapping her on the little butt or on the little butt on the little butt we're big doesn't matter right uh, whacking her on the butt with a wooden spoon while you're cooking in the kitchen right yeah it's it, playful yeah that gets elaborated upon in the book cook for your date by the way anyway continue please continue your partner's cheeks mm. laughing which set of cheeks are you talking about Oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Just checking. <laughs> you know, you get the idea. It's not very hard. Cracking jokes, laughing together, watching funny comedies together, you know, whatever it takes. Well, you said it's not difficult. You know why it's not difficult? Why? Because we didn't settle for each other. We think the best of each other. We have character and honesty in our relationship. and It's fun. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. So you must move out everything that's bad from your relationship first because then and only then you'll be able to move in the things that are going to enhance it, like the humor and the playfulness that we're talking about. But you know what? I would say I would go a step further than that. Right. If you are having difficulties and things aren't bad, right. being playful and having fun and putting that spark in your life is a great way to revitalize a relationship. Yeah, at whatever stage you're in. I don't care if you've been married 40 years. Right. If you look at people who have been married a long time, always an earmark of it is they don't just tolerate each other. They yeah. enjoy each other. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's kind of like when they were dating. And that's the biggest key is always never forget, be as if you were when you were dating. Try to do something great for your partner. Try to win their love and affection constantly. Just like Homer said, you had mutual admiration society, which I thought was funny. And it should never come to an end. And when it comes to an end, it's because you've taken each other for granted. Which, you've taken ownership of each other. Right. The whole possession thing, which we want to avoid. Hey, so, you know, you always talk about people being best friends in a marriage relationship. Best friends don't possess each other. No, they don't. 
So why would you want to possess each other in a marriage relationship? You don't go out with a great friend of yours thinking you own him. Well, <laughs> I mean, so, it's a silly thought. It's so easy to think, okay, now I've, we've gotten married. I can let my hair down. I can relax and just be whatever I want to be. Well, if you have no character, that's exactly what you're going to do. Be a person with zero character. Right. And we should still continue to strive to be the best that we are so that we can continue to have a happy relationship for each other. And it's such a trite thing to say that marriage partners or you know long-term commitment partners should be best friends. But how many times have we seen people in relationships who can't stand each other? Right. Well, you know, being best friends is important. I'll tell you why. Because I did, uh, back in my early 20s, ask a bunch of people, a bunch of elderly people who had been married for years, 40, 50, 60 years, you know what their number one, actually I had two responses from them. The ne- two things that they kept coming back to me at as far as what was the most successful thing in their marriage, what Tell caused me. their success. What is it? The first one was communication right. and being best friends. The second was humor. Well, so communication equals being best friends. Yes. And humor. Yes. Oh, yeah. So the communication part is if I'm holding dark secrets from someone, then I'm always going to have a little part of me that's being withheld from the person I'm supposedly closest to in life. Which doesn't create the ability for the other person to think the best of you. You're absolutely right. Isn't that amazing how that comes full circle? It does. You know, no matter how much of a best friend you are, and obviously best friend encompasses always thinking good about the other person, wanting the other person's best interest at all times, I don't think we need to elaborate on a bunch of those things. No. But... Marriage partners have got to be best friends. But even when we've eliminated all those core negatives from our life, even when we know the subconscious need to be, you know, to have pain in our lives and we can get that under control, hopefully, you just can't go through a 50 or more year relationship, Emily, without doing something bad sometimes. Oh, yes, we're humans. And you know what I think is something that stereotypically women do, you know, on the, on the sitcoms or whatever. The stereotypical joke is that an argument starts between a man and a woman, and the woman brings up something that happened 10 years ago. Right. You know what I think that's symptomatic of? Not forgiving. Not forgiving. How important is forgiveness to a relationship? Very much so, because we all want to be forgiven of anything and everything that we do. Right. So why shouldn't we do that for the other person? Now, we're not talking about major, major... Major errors. Yeah, you know, if you've been sleeping around with a harem of women, the woman doesn't say, hey, God forgive you. (laughs) We all make mistakes. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, but if it's 10 years down the road, and it happened 10 years ago... And you supposedly forgave each other for it, and you're still bringing it up, it has not been forgiven. You're right. It's so easy to say that we forgive one another and all that type of stuff. However, where I see the biggest problem in relationships is things just add up. You know, my husband said this three months ago, and that hurt my feelings, and he didn't take out the trash, and the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, he can say, well, she put their shoes in the wrong place, and you get the idea. It just yeah. adds up to a boiling point yes, of this frustration. Cumulative, this cumulative effect of all the small things, one at a time, when they add up, equals a big mountain of, of resentment. Right, of not forgiving. And in doing so, you're creating strife and friction. And really, nobody's ever done anything really bad to each other. No. It's just little human miscues here and there. You need to learn to let it go. What's interesting about this is when you're in a dating situation, right. and Homer mentioned this, if the man was 30 minutes late and, yeah, she's upset about it, but she says, oh, no, no, that's okay. 
because right. she forgives him. She knew at that point in time to let it go. And she didn't bring it up, and it's been long forgotten because they're in this unhappy relationship, and she's forgotten what it was like when they were dating. Right. And same thing in a marriage. You've forgotten how to forgive, and so you stay in an unhappy state. Well, so what you're saying is if you're not having the humor and playfulness in your life, and you're not best friends, it's easier to let that resentment build up, isn't it? Absolutely. It's almost like this is all intertwined. Being best friends, having humor and playfulness, not comparing your spouse to other people. That creates resentment. Yeah, if you have all of that and absolutely not settling. Huh. How huge is that when it comes to forgiving the other person? If you almost blame the other person for... Being themselves. Being themselves, which isn't good enough for you, you're not going to forgive them for jack diddly beyond that, are you? Absolutely. Wow. So I think we see how all this comes together. Ultimately, to wrap this whole episode up... If you're not married and not in a relationship, don't settle. Look for what you really want. And if you are in a relationship... Then you've got to make sure your character, as half of this relationship, is spot on. And you've got to be expecting the best of a person. You've got to be willing to forgive. You've got to drop the comparisons. Because, you know, we didn't mention this yet. If you're comparing yourself to someone else, you're not living with that someone else. You have an idealized view of that someone else. Which makes the comparison even more irritating to the person you are spending every day with. Right. And what's interesting, if you take care of your half, it's amazing how that comes full circle that your partner usually comes up and starts living to those expectations. You know why? Because you deserve what you want. Yes. What it always comes down to. That's right. Once again, thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. If you haven't listened to online dating profile rating yet, That's our 8 to 12 minute podcast that we do every week. And again, we're going to be recording the next episode of that right after this. And that's already featured on iTunes, which we're thrilled about. And we take a different online dating profile every week. And overhaul it. We overhaul it. If you want us to do something similar for your online profile, we have a 100% guarantee and a lot of happy customers whose online dating lives have been revolutionized because of it. We live for doing these great things for people. And we want you to be happy to. So email us at Emily at datetoorder.com. That's D-A-T-E-O-R-D-E-R.com. Or Scott, S-C-O-T, at datetoorder.com. And we would be happy to be at your service. We also do live coaching. So if you're ready to supercharge your dating life and get to the next level, please email us. And... Let me tell you a little bit about some of the future podcasts we have coming on. We don't usually do that around here, do we, Emily? No, but do tell. I'm going to give you a window on what the next couple of episodes look like because as we get going with having guests on this podcast, obviously it behooves me to make sure they're teed up a little bit before we actually record the podcast. So coming up, we have an episode on masculinity. And what that means and how to do it. Right, and I have one of the world's foremost authorities on being what he calls an alpha man coming on. And this guy is stand-up and comes from the heart, and I've made friends with him recently, so I'll be very, very pleased to have him on the show, and that should be next week. Yeah, you don't want to miss it. And we're also working on what I'm convinced could be our biggest show ever. Oh, yeah? That's going to be on the topic of online dating, which after 22 or actually 23 episodes after the masculinity one, we haven't even done yet, and we met online. (laughs) That's true. We have this entire podcast we're doing on the subject of online dating, but we haven't ever talked about online dating in depth on X and Y on the fly. Right. 
So far, I've scheduled three different guests for that podcast. And those three guests are simply amazing. Two of them are the world's foremost authorities on successful online dating. Mm -hmm. I'd say two of the best in the world. And we're going to have, right now, it looks like the relationship specialist from the world's largest dating site on here to talk about absolute insider secrets on how to succeed at it. How cool is that? Very cool. Yeah, we got that coming up. If you've never been to our MySpace profile, it's www.myspace.com front slash X underscore and underscore Y. Please make a friend. And also, we have our Frapper map on the MySpace now. And if you have not pinned yourself, you need to do that. Absolutely. We're up to almost 100 people. I'm liking it. Uh, still have that person from Antarctica. So, you know, we have someone from South Africa. So it looks How like... How cool is that? Oh, yeah. Looks like we have someone on seven continents listening to our podcast. You know, someone someone out there is listening to us from Pakistan. How interesting. Isn't that cool? Very. So thanks again to everybody who's listening to us. You've made us one of the most popular dating podcasts on iTunes. And under the topic of health and sexuality, the fact that we're PG-13 and able to do that because of your support is even more special to us. So keep writing us. We love to get the emails we get from you. All of a sudden, iTunes seems to have erased all of our reviews people have given us except one. So please go to iTunes and write a review of us. Podcast Alley, vote for us. Anything else? No, that wraps it up. Until next week. I'm Emily McKay. I'm Scott McKay. Be good. Have fun. What's going on? This is your boy, the Dean from DatingForMen.com's Men on Women, and you're listening to my good friends Scott and Emily on the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast. Fellas, it's the 21st century, and the dating game has changed. Our show will teach you how to meet and date women without losing sight of who you are as a person. This show will provide you with all the tools to think outside of the box. So join me, The Flash, and our mom, Florida... Damn, damn, damn! Every Tuesday night from 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Thursday from 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have a comment or need advice, call our hotline. We will talk to you live. For more details, please go to www.datingformen.com. That's www.datingthenumber4men.com. It's never too late to become the man she wants you to be. Copyright 2007 X and Y Communications. Be sure to visit Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. Also, be sure to get their free daily mini-podcast, The Dating Cast Minute, at www.powermonogamy.com.